0: What is up, Rose? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Monday, May twentieth. Although you're probably listening to this on Tuesday, May twenty first. Whatever. Either way, we have just witnessed quite possibly one of the greatest weekends of lacrosse that we may ever see. Uh, so the quarterfinals just wrapped up. We have four tickets punched to Philly for Memorial Day weekend. Jake, it was an incredible weekend for the sport of lacrosse, one of the best that I can remember watching. Um, so how are you feeling today now that we have we've had about, you know, 24 plus-ish hours to process it all?
1: You know, I've had time to marinate, and what more could you ask for out of a weekend of lacrosse? Like, I don't think that either of us were smart enough. We did, Our brains are not big enough to comprehend, you know, uh, what was going to happen. So we just kind of threw our predictions out, and we, we were thoroughly satisfied. I, I can I cannot
0: complain. Dude, like that's what I'm saying. like all four of these games that we watched this past weekend had everything that you could have wanted. I mean three out of the four games go to overtime. so boom right off the bat, that's you know chef kiss right there. Um, and then the only game that didn't go to overtime was Penn State uh, you know, kind of beating up on Loyola there pulling away at the end. and that's just I mean that's just one of the greatest offensives ever assembled doing what they do and that's fill the back of the net with rubber um so i mean that was that's now two game two tournament games in a row for penn state that they put up 20 plus goals um pretty sure the stat that was on the broadcast like they're the first team to do that since the 1990 uh syracuse team a couple guys on that team uh gary gate ever heard of him? paul gate ever heard of him? tom marichek so like when you're in the same sentence as like legends like that like, yeah, like that's we wanted to watch Penn State snap off, even though it was at the expense of, of Pat Spencer. And that's what we got. And then all, the other three games, all you know, all, not only came down to the wire, but came down to the very last shot. All three of those ones going into overtime.
1: You know, I think one of the funniest things is, um, like some of these news outlets, you know, they interview, you know, after the game, you know, like some of these local, like, you know, they've been covering, you know, MIAA lacrosse, you know, for forever. Um, they asked Jacob Stober after the game about Mac O'Keefe because Mac O'Keefe just absolutely lit him the fuck up. What did he have? Like nine, nine. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> lit O'Keefe,
0: him up. O'Keefe had nine, <laughs> nine goals, zero assists. Grant Imaheta had one goal, eight assists. I fucking love the way that both of those guys operate. Uh, so uh, Jacob Stober goes, "Kid's
1: got a good shot." That's all. That's all he could <laughs> say. I was like, "Yeah, no shit." So I think he tied. He's uh, he tied the single season scoring record in goals um or is or is close I, I, to the I, single season's I, scoring record in goals. Um, yeah,
0: I think he's just about like he'll he'll probably if so uh good good pal, good friend of the program, Anish Raf, He actually uh, tweeted this out a little bit earlier today, I think. Um had like a whole rundown on Penn State's offense. Uh he said that o- so O'Keefe is now he's seven goals away from seven Ty- goals away from right, tying so the single season there.
1: but like that's insane because okay. it's not unreasonable to think that he
0: couldn't put up seven goals in the next game. That's what I'm saying. It's like if if Penn State has one game left on their season, I think that Mac O'Keefe gets that record. If they have two games left on the season, I think Mac O'Keefe shatters that record. Um, yeah, a couple other notes there from, from Anish. Uh, so Granaman I already had the single season assist record, but he's now yep. at ni- 91 assists, so like no one else is <laughs> – so he'll probably have a hundred assists at least on the season. Like if, if, if Matt O'Keefe gets those seven goals to tie the single season record, that means that Grand men at least gets six more assists. Um, what, what's, what's the other thing? I mean, so Penn state in total, like they're, they're 19 goals away from scoring the most amount of goals in, in a single season, like as a whole team. Um, so again, that's, if Penn State has one game left on the season, they they probably get the record, and if they have two, they shatter it. You just
1: there's I I just I, I are we talking about Penn State enough? Like I that's that the you know the offensive level is on which they're operating is just insane. You know we talked about Pat Spencer all year. We talked about uh, I think we just kind of been you know just giving it you know giving them credit, but like, you got to get. I mean we we they're they're here, man. They're the real deal. Um, you know I. I going going back to it, it, that game you know yeah it sucks that was pat spencer's last you know last game um what i mean now now it becomes you know what do we what do you do about the Tuarton? and we won't we don't have to get get into that yet we can go through the games but uh i mean that's a big question is like does pat spencer still get the
0: twartson yeah i mean it's hard yeah. it's hard
1: to say it <laughs>
0: it is it it hard to say um but yeah i mean this Penn State offense, like, like we we've said it though before, like in, in you know the weeks leading up to this, like the one way that any team can have a chance at beating Penn State, like you gotta win faceoffs, and you you need your offense to keep pace with theirs. And Loyola was doing that for a decent amount of time in that game, like for like the first half, like Loyola was like right, like they were putting down the blueprint. They're like, hey guys, like this is how you do it you know keep getting like score get possession score get possession um then the only issue is that penn state is just so fucking deep and they just keep going and going and going for 60 plus minutes although it usually doesn't take them the plus part um so like you can you can keep pace with them for a while but i like loyola was sprinting and and penn state was in a uh well i guess for you they they, they were in an iron man because uh, you, you you just you just completed an Ironman race this this past not a big deal just a hey you're probably is a half Ironman so I'm I'm fifty percent of the way there okay so uh
1: yeah uh, wow yeah that, that's that's underwhelming uh, I know
0: ah uh, that's a shame because I was gonna say you're probably uh the only lacrosse podcaster in the world that completed an Ironman at least this past <laughs> weekend but not all right well, half it still works we'll give it to yeah. you.
1: It's the works. You gotta try. It's it's all in the process, you know.
0: Well, especially because you're you're only about eight nine months post ACL.
1: That's right, you know, and you get you you were about we're about you know on the same and ACL you know uh, progress. So you, you you feel the struggle. So yeah, I'm out there. Uh, I'm I, you know I'm no Connor Fields playing without a brace, but uh, I'm 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 out there still,
0: and that's all that matters. Yeah. Well, uh, while while you were putting up. Um, you know, put, putting in those miles. Uh, so the quarterfinals, obviously, they got started on Saturday. Um, like we mentioned, this this weekend had everything that you could have asked for um, in terms of of just a great college across weekend. The one, may like maybe this is kind of a, a black eye on the weekend, but I don't even think so because I think that like controversy is is almost like a good thing when it comes in like doses. Um, but so the first game of the weekend. We had the Virginia Cavaliers knocking off Maryland. Maryland was trying to make their like sixth straight appearance the championship weekend. Uh, and it looked like they had it in the bag. They they had like a five-goal lead in the fourth quarter. And you're like, yep, like the regular season for Maryland doesn't start until Memorial Day weekend. Um, five goals in the fourth quarter. A, a Tillman coach team, no chance that they let that one up. Well, someone alert at old takes exposed uh because Virginia came back they tied it up at 12 12 on it it's not a goal they they
1: didn't it was it wasn't a goal it was the worst call i've ever seen in my entire fucking it, life
0: it was the worst call ever now here's the thing so listen anyone anyone with with a set of eyes Um, at least a half functioning brain and who has ever picked up a lacrosse stick before knows that that shot from Michael Krause did not touch the net. It was a drilled off the crossbar. uh, And anytime like a ball hits, it does not come rocketing out of the net like that. Um, So this, I mean, crossbar came flying out of the net. Even the, the ref who had like the, the best angle on the shot. Like he was like waving his finger in the air to reset, reset the shot clock because he knows that the ball hit the cage, but it didn't hit net. Um I but I'm just so caught in the middle on how I feel about this because it wasn't like a buzzer beater shot. Um, like there was still close to two minutes left in the game. Um, Maryland had already given up that that lead they so they were up by five goals now it was only down to one so like virginia had that momentum There were still close to two minutes left they would have got the ball back anyway it, like even if they didn't count it as a goal they would have got the ball back on the restart they probably would have scored anyway um so that's why i feel i feel like a lot of people out there are making the argument like oh well the game shouldn't have even gone to overtime anyway like um but I, I just don't know if I believe that. Like, I'm a, I'm a big ball-don't-lie guy. So, so if if Virginia wasn't going to score there, Maryland would have either scored at the end of regulation or they could have scored in overtime. But ball-don't-lie, um, game goes to overtime, then Matt Moore puts the dagger in the Terps. So, um, you know, that that's my thought on it. Like, obviously, it's a shitty, shitty call. Like, in no world is that a goal. Um, but I also think that they probably would have scored – 12 13 seconds later anyway. So I mean what what do you what do you got on probably the most controversial call um that we've ever seen.
1: I think that I'm with, you know, our, again, good friend of the pod, Anish, um Anish Shroff. I, I think I'm with Anish. I think that the fact that it, the principle it's more about the, you know, the principle of it and the fact that after it happened, the the referees did not even stop and huddle and talk about it. You know there has to be some communication from the officiating team. There has to be some sort of trust that if something fishy or something fucked up goes down, the referees are going to take care of it. I mean the officials have to have to be, you know, they're they're officiating. They have to be doing their job. And it felt like a, a supreme failure from from the officiating crew. Now I, I get your point of view. I'm I'm totally in agreement. I think that Virginia Virginia absolutely had momentum and they had enough momentum that hey, that one just sailed off the crossbar. They probably get it on the restart. You know, I, you know that's another eighty seconds. You know, even if they burn seventy on it, that's less than a minute left. Like, yeah, they probably would have scored or at least put themselves in a position to call a timeout and score. So, I mean, I get that. I totally do. Um, I think more people were upset about the the principle of it, the fact that you know, uh, the the fact that the referees didn't huddle. Like, you know, they they just kind of like let it go um and you know it's a critical point in the game and it's the playoffs and you feel like you know if you got the you're, you're in the quarterfinals like you should have you know the best officiating crew and they should you know be be up there and playing at the level you know they, they should be officiating at the level at which the game is being played but you know i
0: i you know maybe I've, the goal- <laughs> i've always like so um you know i i deal with shitty refs all the time as as a high school coach um so even you know shittier than than the ones that were on the field there on saturday the thing that i always think is that like i don't know how many lacrosse refs out there grew up playing lacrosse like i think that that's probably like a pretty big issue like you think about like football refs like all football refs probably at one point played football yeah and at some point in their life um you know, hockey refs, like hockey refs suck, but like, they all probably played hot. Like if you can ice skate, you probably played hockey. Um, lacrosse refs. Like, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that some have definitely played lacrosse, but I don't think that all of them have. And I think that that's probably an issue because there are things that happen in the game where it's like, yeah, like you're, you're a ref, like you, you watch the game a lot. And, and like, you've, you've gotten to this point as like a NCAA D one ref for like a reason, but like, I don't know, like if, if you, I feel like anyone who's played in a game knows that exact shot and knows that that's not a goal. The only issue is like, if you have refs out there who, who don't play and get and like, yeah, like I, I get, they're watching a lot of the lacrosse, but like, you know, when that ball comes out of the stick comes flying out the other way. And like, you can like tell like everyone else's reaction on the field, no one reacted like it was a goal. Everyone was like, ah, that's crossbar usually counts for two in practice, but it doesn't count for anything in the game. Um, so like if you if you can't pick up on like people's reactions to that and like see the way that the ball comes out it like it's probably because that whole crew didn't didn't like didn't grow up playing lacrosse.
1: I mean I get that too but you probably have less of a problem, you know, up there in in the northeast where the game has been around, you know, and way more popular. We have a, that's a serious problem down here um with with referees who did not who are just picking up lacrosse um you know i i can you know i i and again i coached high school as well and I, I knew when when certain refs walked on the field it was like oh fuck this is here's fucking mike again <laughs> you know fucking can't even get up and down the field well enough uh but like there was other guys who were you know really really high you know top tier football refs who put in the work and became great lacrosse refs um but again you know i totally agree i think that there's a there's a disparate there's a uh discrepancy in how many refs there are and how many have actually played and and know the little idiosyncrasies of the game
0: yeah um now the one good thing that can definitely come out of this is like maybe it just forces ncaa lacrosse to uh just get a little kickstart here on bringing instant replay to the game um or at least the ability to like challenge a call or something like that so um, what would
1: we need like i'm trying to think of a situation in which instant replay would be applicable
0: well for i mean for uh i mean something like snack. something like
1: this but like but like the like you wouldn't do it on a, a fit. i think a challenge might be more what yeah. would you challenge a challenge like a like a foul uh well no like, i mean that like, wasn't a, but, like that, but, that wasn't a slash fuck that you throw the flag on the field
0: no i mean i i think it would have to be like uh i think it would have to be goals you could be challengeable so like let, like let's say uh, like like if this was like a bar down situation, I would have mm. a lot more sympathy for the refs. in the, Cause like, I mean, sometimes that ball comes out and like, it'll like drill the goal line. And then the spin on the ball kicks it right back out. And it's like, well, who knows like if that crossed the line or not. So I think like, you know, so for a situation like that, so goals could be, um, and, and maybe, I don't know. I, trying to think about like what other things could be. I mean, I would love to be able to challenge like who's closest to the ball off of a shot for the restart. Cause I feel like that's a good point. Refs constantly get that one wrong. Um, You know, it is some, they'll be like, you know, you'll get like, half the parents in the stands screaming because the one K was closer to the end line, but it's like, well, no, it's, you gotta be closer to the ball. So, but I don't still, I don't really know how you would be able to like challenge that because like the angle of the camera would be all fucked up. Um, but definitely goals, definitely goals is one thing. Um, that's probably the only thing. Although it would be, it would be hilarious though, to see like, (laughs) my challenge challenge a face off or you know yeah to just see like tyranny like just freaking the fuck out and like (laughs) like chucking a red flag all the way across the field after a slash call that he doesn't agree with
1: oh yeah that'd be that'd be great that'd be a really different element of the game
0: (laughs) um but yeah so but Matt Moore, the eventual overtime winner for Virginia as they are going uh, back to Final Four for the first time since, I guess, like 2013. And Maryland's streak is... Well, it's come to an end. Uh, so, Virginia, they will be playing against good old-fashioned ACC matchup here. They'll be playing against the Duke Blue Devils who are heading back to championship weekend. Dude, I, I guess, like... I don't know why I I haven't quite like, uh, noticed since 2007, I think that there have only been like three years that Duke hasn't been to the final four. Um, so like that whole, like, like, uh, I guess gutterdings class like those like first three years. So I guess that would have been 15, 16, 17. They weren't there. Um, but other than that, they've been there pretty much every single year. Um, so Duke, they're they're heading back to championship weekend. So they're, they're no strangers to playing uh, Memorial Day weekend. And, uh, you know, they ended up uh, they made it to the national championship game last year. As we all know, they lost the Yale, but this time they take down Notre Dame 14-13 in overtime. Um, and and this this might be the crease dive curse because yeah, brought that on our that on one hurts, guys. Brought on our guys, Ryder Garnsey, Brendan Gleason. Um, thanks again to those guys for for coming out. I did not mean to mush you like that. Um, I don't we didn't mush Ryder. We didn't mush either of them, they both. They both yeah, they went, went yeah, they they,
1: they, they they were in their bag. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, like Ryder, he had what four goals and, and a couple assists. So, like, dude, he had missed the entire regular season, came back for two tournament games to close out his career, put up seven goals and like maybe like ten points in, in two games. Fucking what a beast. Um, but yeah, I mean, Duke. Your, your guy Joe Robertson you've been you've been yeah, a big I'm a Joe I'm, Robert- a
1: Joe I'm a Joe Robertson fan I, I I can't stand Duke but Joe is uh he's got a, he's got the clutch gene uh for sure so I mean you you just can't deny that um that I mean that game you know Duke you know went up real quick for nothing and then Notre Dame slapped them right back for with four straight um you know I was I, I it I definitely well, of course, I was you know I'm fucking stupid and I got all three of my picks wrong. You know, Penn State was a given, so we don't count that. But you know, all, I was zero for three. Um, I thought the you know the Notre Dame boys would uh, um, would would get this one out. But you know, the thing that Joe did at the end of the game to get that goal was he he you know he purposefully dodged to the to the side where the goalie was in the sun. Yeah, the sun was in his eyes. He hit him with the change up. Deadly, absolutely deadly, and he and he earned it too. Uh, so I mean, it's hard to
0: hate that, but dude, and and that's just that's just getting out to the stadium early, like understanding where the sun's going to be at, at certain time. Like like that's the kind of shit. Like hey, you you can you can watch game film till till the cows come home, right? You can understand strategy, all, all this and that. Like you can know tendencies, um, but when you take it the extra mile and and you're checking out the, you know where where those rays the, the trajectory of the rays and, and like you even have to at that point um understand how tall the goalie is to know like where his eyes are gonna be in terms of that sun range so um I mean that that's some that's just some next level shit right there to, to know hey when this game gets to overtime I know the optimum spot to get this shot off where the sun's just gonna be ass blasting this dude.
1: Yeah you can't you definitely can't coach that I mean there were some sick goals in that game though um, you know, Ryder had a couple that were are absolutely just he had a diving one that was sick. Um, you know, I, I hate it that the boys had to end their season that way, but you know, I was thinking about it in the car today and I was like, you know, Ryder is absolutely 100 percent for the boys. Like that's probably one of the like more selfless things I've seen out of anybody, really, you know, giving up your last year of eligibility to uh play those two tournament games you know he could have come back next year he could have he could have stacked his degree got a master's and played a full year next year but he said no fuck it i'm going to you know i'm going to try to help my team you know be the best that they can be so that was i mean that's uh, that's just a a wholesome that's just wholesome content dude you can't you
0: can't hate it dude. not and not only did he like say like hey i'm gonna come back and like try to help my team like he came back and did everything like he was the leading leading score for the team in those last two games so um yeah it's it's a shame that you know that 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 the season went the way that it did for for him um but I mean shout out to Notre Dame it, it's gonna be tough replacing guys like that um but here's the thing like I, I guess what what's crazy to me is like so Duke has had to replace guys for like so long. Like you think about some of the legends on Duke um, that have been there like during these these runs that they've gone on. Um obviously guys like Danowski and like Karate are like a little bit before, but even that like Donowski, Karate, um Jordan Wolf, Miles Jones, and then last year with, with Gutterding. Um like I don't think that they replaced like guys like that. Um with this year's team, like I I mean they've got some good players, no doubt. Like I, I think Nakai Montgomery's a great little player. I, I Joe Robertson's a great player. Um, you know, Brad Smith's pretty, but like they don't have like that like one stud, like that that like Wharton guy, um, at least offensively. But you know, so like it it's just a different Duke team than I guess we're used to seeing championship weekend, you know, led by guys like K van Rappors and uh JT Giles Harris. So like, to have, like, the biggest names on Duke be on the defensive side of the ball, um, it's pretty different. So, like, I don't know. That It'll be pretty interesting to see Duke's uh, defense against that Virginia offense again. So that should be a great little game on Saturday. Um, real quick, before we move on from uh, the Duke-Notre Dame game, uh, real quick shout-out to freshman Wilson Stevenson. Um, he suffered ugh, probably, like, the the grossest uh, gruesome inj- injury that you know, like that, that, that leg injury is something that we've seen in basketball from time to time. It's something that we've seen in football from time to time. I don't remember ever seeing that in lacrosse. Um, you know, you'll see plenty of ACLs and shit like that in lacrosse, but like, like when the leg is just completely snap like that. Um, so, it was it was tough to watch, but you know you could kind of see like this kid's this kid's a freshman, so you know he was there, this is his first year there. But like you could already tell, um, you know, just the way the guys were all around him while he was on the field there, um, that he, he's got a big impact on this team. So shout out to Wilson Stevenson. Hope uh, hope for a speedy recovery. Pretty sure they they said he's going to be in Philly for championship weekend. So that's a, uh, a that, that's a bad man right there.
1: Yeah, dude, we feel you. You know, neither of us. Um, ha, we both have had knee injuries. I don't think that uh, they've been anywhere near as severe as that. Um, but we feel you with the with the physical therapy, and you know that kind of like feeling of like, oh fuck, people have to take care of me for like a you know couple weeks, six weeks, drive you around until you can get your you know license back or whatever. But we feel you, dude, and we do uh, we do hope that uh, you know a speedy recovery because. Uh, you know, you hate to see that.
0: Just, just get some medical marijuana. Watch a bunch of cartoons. Heal yeah, up. Yeah, move, move to Colorado. <laughs> uh, so those were the Saturday games, and then Sunday. Um, so we already talked about Penn State a little bit. So we'll, we'll real quick start off. So there's the potential for for the national championship rematch is is still there, although it's going to be a, a tough road for both of those teams on Saturday. Uh, but Yale. We've we got the third and final chapter of the Yale Penn Trilogy, and I'm ready to say it that we need to institute a new role in NCAA lacrosse that uh, forces both Penn and Yale to play against each other every single fucking week, because this is the third time that they played the season. All three games decided by one goal. First game was in regular season. Um, Yale or Penn got the, uh, the triple overtime win. That was a 13 to 12 final, I believe. Um, then Penn again, got the 12, 11 win in the Ivy league championship. Uh, and then this game on Sunday where Yale wins 19, 18 in overtime. So that's three games decided by three total goals. Um, and we've had four overtimes in, in that trilogy so far. So this game was fucking outrageous. Maybe one of the, uh, probably the best game of the year. Like, like not just like in this rivalry, but like of all of college lacrosse. like back and forth the entire time. I don't think, I don't think either team led by more than two goals at any point in this game. Um, and then that, that last goal from Simon Mathias to tie it up and send it to overtime. Not only was it just big dick energy on the goal, but like, I don't know. Like when, when I was like sitting down watching that game and there's like 15 seconds left on the clock and pens down by one, I'm like, no fucking chance is this game over because like that's just the kind of game that this has been. Um, so everyone was showing up on both sides of, of the ball. Um, and that was without a doubt a classic.
1: I mean, Simon Mathias also has the clutch gene because
0: that was absolutely a dagger. Um, Dude, and he like taking Chris Fake to the rack like that. With and 100- and I, t-
1: I I told my girlfriend that I was like, I, I was sitting there. I literally, I, I you know, I'm sore. as uh, I was like an hour after my race, I'm in bed at the hotel and I'm watching this shit. Like I can barely move. I got ice on all, got all over my legs. I like jumped out of the bed. I was like, Holy fuck. I was like, do you know who that is? My girlfriend's sitting there like on her phone. She's like, no, I'm not even fucking watching. So you know, I explained to her, you know, that, you know, Simon Mathias, you know, he he his his in step move and then to go back out and right back in. I was and you know, Chris Fake is this, you know, and he's a great player. He's probably one of the most the preferred premier defenseman in the in the NCAA. And he got faked. He he fake got faked. By you know just a just a classic move, and Matthias stuck a, it.
0: That's a headline right there. That would have yeah, been a fake, great got head, if if Penn pulled out the win. That would have been a big time headline. Call called Darren Ravel for that one. You know, I uh, I
1: think I missed my calling in journalism. Maybe I should get out of the information technology. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, I I was yelling about that goal because like that it, it just it's a it's a calculated move, and you know those nerd the pen nerds got it right um just a great game dude that was you're so right like that was one of the best games i've ever watched
0: what what's even crazier is so simon matthias ties it up with like six seconds left we were like (laughs) td we were were like an inch away from that game not even still not going to overtime because td wins the next face off goes down on a break takes a shot td buddy if you're listening to this right now which i know you are I need you to add a little bit of low to high into your game a little bit. All right. No one's going to expect it from you. <laughs> bring a, bring a little low to high heat and, and that one drops. I think everyone in the world knew that you were going to go in low on that one, but still six, like the games back and forth. I, I forget when Yale went up. I think it was, I mean, it, it had to have been like 50 ish. I yeah, forget were, exactly yep. when it was, but either way. So then Penn ties it up with six seconds left. And, I mean, like that, that's all it would have taken for TD Erland to put the dagger in the game right there. Um, and that's just kind of the, obviously the, the difference maker that he is. Um, but re coming up big with, with the save there at the end. And then in overtime, Jack tie with the slip and slide. Um, I don't know if he planned this dodge or not, but if he did, it, it was brilliance. So you drop down on the ground, ev- everything kind of gets all out of whack. Um, you maybe chest the ball a little bit as you're getting up, pull away. No one knows who's sliding, no one knows who is it to. You get a, a pretty much a, a clear path to the cage and you stick it. And Yale is heading back to the final four, the defending champs. Uh, it's listen, it's it's a shame. I would have loved to see Penn. Being able to play at the link, pretty much it would be a home game for them on Saturday. Would have been great to get a Philly team in there. Um, But uh, as as an English Bulldog owner myself, I'm pretty excited that uh, Handsome Dan will be in the Paris of Pennsylvania this weekend.
1: The Paris of Pennsylvania that makes me fucking laugh every single time. Uh, No, I I, I, you know the contributing factor I think, and you know I, I I you touched on this in the last podcast before the before the tournament was, you know, Handsome Dan. Handsome Dan was a huge factor there. He, uh, you know, the the support that he, that he brings with him is, uh it, it's a, the equivalent of having home field advantage every single time. So, you know, I, I made my bet wrong. Uh That's why I'm not a gambler. I, I just, I can't do it. I'll lose all my money. Um Handsome I, Dan I,
0: probably like slobbering on like all the balls and shit, j- like just like picking them all up, slobbering. And then like that just, that changes the way that it comes out of your stick. So like, I mean, Jackson Morrill, he had what, like four and three in this game? I bet 3 of those goals probably because of all the handsome dance lobber that was on the ball.
1: That's bad. that's true it's it's a, it's the secret sauce if yeah, it, if you just, will.
0: Just kind of grips that shooting string a, a little tighter and then it just
1: But um I mean that that was, you know, bottom line fantastic game. Can't can't complain. You had every, you know, I I if this was a weekend where you were bored as shit and you got on, you're like, fuck, let's just throw an ESPNU. Oh, lacrosse. I've never watched lacrosse before. All right, let's see what this is about. This was your weekend. This was absolutely your weekend.
0: So so I, I wrote a blog about that today. Um, that was so – I mean the headline there was, uh, I still can't believe that some of you idiots don't watch college lacrosse. There you go. And, and what I said in that blog is I'm – at this point, I am convinced that like anyone – out there who says that they hate lacrosse just hasn't ever watched a game of lacrosse before, or if they did, it was like they're like local high school and their high school team was trash. Um, but like, if, if you, like you just said, like if you were bored at home and you never watched a lacrosse game before, but you were just flipping through the channels and you came across any of these four games, um, from, from this past weekend, you would be hooked instantly. Um, so like, like I understand, that some people might not be watching college lacrosse just because they don't know anything about lacrosse and and like, they don't, they're not actively hating lacrosse or actively rooting against the sport to succeed. um But there, there are definitely people out there though, where like they just see the word lacrosse and they're like, no, no, not a sport, not a sport. No, no. And it's like, yo, like you guys are fucking morons because you are missing out on some quality shit right here. Like I, like I, I don't even want them to like watch lacrosse. I'm just like, dude, like you are, you are missing out because, again, all four of these games were perfect.
1: Yeah, I mean, you really, could, I mean, they had everything that you know you, you could have asked for, especially them going to overtime too. You know, they got a little, little bit extra in there. You know, uh, fuck, like, yeah, I, I get that too. Like, people are like, oh, I play baseball. Like, lacrosse is so stupid. You know, I nobody cares, dude. Like, nobody fucking cares at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I take huge beef with that lacrosse is not a sport thing because, like, there's so many more things that you – there's so many other sports, other, you know, disciplines that you could throw that energy towards. Um, but lacrosse, it always has to be lacrosse for some reason. So,
0: yeah, whatever. I, I, I don't think that anybody who says that they hate lacrosse they just hate it because they think that they're supposed to hate it and they don't want to think for themselves and they don't want to give it a shot. So they just – they think that they're supposed to hate it so they don't watch it. They don't know that they hate it, but they say that they do. Bottom line right there. Yeah, which they're they are all cowards. Um, but yeah, so anyway, Yale, in order to get back to defend their national championship, they're going to have to go up against – the Penn State Nittany Lions. Um, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later in the week when we do our Final Four preview show. Um, but obviously, the biggest story here is that this semifinal game, Yale, the only team to hand Penn State an L so far this season. They got a 14-13 uh, to 13 win. i um, pretty sure this was still in, yeah, so like the last week of February. So, I mean, that might as well have been years ago at this point um but yeah the only loss on Penn State season to Yale and now Penn State has a chance to avenge that loss uh on Saturday at so i guess Penn State Yale that'll be the 2:30 game um because Penn State gets to the final four for the first time in program history after handing Loyola a 21 to 14 loss again back to back 20 goal performances from Penn State's offense I, I, I'm at a loss for words. Like, I don't know how, how, like whatever Yale did earlier this season to hold them to just 13 goals. Like, but again, that was, that was in February. Like it's cold as shit in February. Um, You know, I, I, I remember that weekend because Pen, or Drexel was playing against Albany. So I was at that game. It was, it was pretty shitty out that day, a little, little chilly. Um, And then this game was up in, Uh, up in new Haven. So it had to have been even colder. You're in Philly Memorial day weekend. It's going to be like seventies, eighties. So like that ball is going to be just gripping and ripping. Um, So you held them to 13 February 23rd. I I can't see that happening again, may whatever that's going to be 26, 25th, something like that. Yeah, I
1: just don't see it either, especially with Penn, Penn State moving at the clip that they're moving um, you know, the 20 at 20 points a game It's just it's absolutely absurd. Uh, you know, there was a there was a little bit there where we were worried about um not playing because of a foot injury, but uh doesn't seem to be affecting him. Um so, you know, Yale's defense is solid, but I mean, I don't know how we can say that when, you know, Penn exposed them for, you know, a, a 18 goals, was 18.
0: Uh Yale?
1: Yeah, yeah. The yeah, Penn, so, yeah, well, yeah.
0: So, so earlier in the season, Yale won 14-13. So they held no, no, i I'm, t- I'm,
1: talking, I'm talking Penn, like in their last game. Oh, you know, oh Yale oh, and Penn. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, you know, I I don't know how we can how we can, you know, h- how to properly gauge that when, you know, Yale, you know, they just got eight, Penn just put 18 up on them. So it's like, you know, is Yale's defense really what what we're thinking it is? So yeah.
0: and Penn State and Penn are kind of similar in the sense that um they have a bunch of different guys who can score in a bunch of different ways um so obviously like o'keefe is just like he'll sling it high he'll sling it low but like you know that he, he's slinging it um guys like jack kelly they just find ways to get open in the crease and and they're great at finishing um grant if if you want to make him a scorer he's shown that he can get himself to the cage, whether he just uh, makes you dance behind the net and then has you trip over and then just turns the corner and dunks it. Uh, Or, you know, his one goal against Loyola uh, on Sunday was, was a crease dive, which for the brand love that. Um, But so, I mean, he can get to the cage like everyone can score and everyone can score in different ways. So like you game plan for something, they they've got an answer to it. You game plan for that answer. They've got another answer. So like you're in the Ivy league, like you're, you're s- smart bunch of nerds. You better put in the work in the library this week to figure out how you're going to stop that.
1: I mean, the game plan is, you know, if I'm Yale, it's like, okay. Um, you know, everybody, you know, the whole defense has to click, right? You know, you, 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 you have to have all your slides in place. They got to be fast. You know, your two has to be there. Your three has to be there. And if one, and that, that's the thing about Penn state, if one thing is wrong, if your two is slow, if your three doesn't, re, you know, if your two, if your two comes, but doesn't recover quick enough and your three is not sloughed in, they just, they take advantage of it. It's Grant Ament can see the whole field. You know, I'm surp- I wouldn't be surprised if Ament got tested and he has better than 2020 vision because he it's just, you know, some some guys are naturally gifted that way. But I mean, they will exploit every fucking problem that you have, and as we've seen, Yale can be pretty vulnerable. So, you know, uh, all, but but um, I believe I you know what I don't remember. Did how did er, uh TD stack up against Gerard Arsari in the first game?
0: Uh, I have to. Imagine.
1: I, I thought that TD took him to the woodshed.
0: I I. Pretty sure that you're right about that one. Um, and and our salary hasn't necessarily looked great, um, in, in the past few weeks here. Like, I, I it really kind of started with that uh, that Big Ten championship game against Hopkins where he was kind of getting, um, you know, he wasn't getting worked at the faceoff X, but uh, you know, it, it wasn't great, yeah. So, uh, TD went 25 for 31. And <laughs> so, uh, okay. won won four, and then, uh, McAvoy took a couple and, and he won two. So yeah. So our was four for 23 TD was, um, you know, and, and that is that that's going to be a, a pretty big, uh, like you think about it, you know, you're, you're playing in front of a huge crowd the biggest stage that that the game has to offer uh, championship weekend and division one college lacrosse, like, um, you know, the, the PLL, they're, they're starting a big thing here. Um, But at at least in this state and time, um, the division one national championship and the final four is still the biggest stage in the sport of lacrosse. So you're on this stage and if if you have a guy like TD who can constantly get you possessions after every goal that's scored, either for you or against you, it's like a pretty like calming factor. Um, so like like it, it it'd be like imagine if if Yale goes on a little bit of a run here, you know Jackson Morales finding the back of the net, uh, Brandale's finding the back of the net, and then not only are they scoring, but they just keep getting the ball then, you know, the ball goes down to offense for Penn state and, you know, maybe they just start making a couple bad decisions just because they feel a little panicked um, just because they're not getting the ball a lot. So, you know, that, that could be, you know, and I don't want to get too much into the preview because we still have a whole another episode to get into that. But um, yeah, I I think, I think TD is going to be a huge factor in that one, but again, Oh my God, that Penn state offense is just, like at any time you think that something could potentially mess them up no they're just again the, the the ball's in the back of the net and the goalies are constantly getting a workout from having to turn and rake 20 times a day
1: yeah i think td will be a huge factor um it, well, I, I just had it but one one of the other one of the other um one of the other big things is, uh, yeah, you're right. You know, so if you you know Yale needs to use TD to their advantage and you know pump in three or four quick, and it's how you know, how does Penn State recover? Oh, um, you know, Penn, Penn State may even you know decide, and I wouldn't be I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they came out on the opening faceoff with two poles. Um, you know that that Brown did it for a very long time. You know, they they that was their mo. Um, you know they they with their with their two poles on the faceoff, um, and that worked really well for them um those guys were absolutely nuts by the way I do, I do not remember their names but they they scored a million goals and did crazy shit um but i mean i wouldn't be surprised to see penn state trying to you know rough up td a little bit and and and, and get him you know kind of riled up but
0: i do i do think that you probably have to have a, a it, like if you don't start off like that like you might need to have like you a gotta throw sh- it in there you, you, need, you need like a pretty short leash on our salary. um just be like hey like you know, if if it's not going our way, or like we're just gonna pull it up. The only issue there is is that TD's such a fucking freak athlete um, that he'll just get that ball up and and just like outrun whatever pull you have. So, That's true. I mean, it's a it, it's
1: it's gonna it's gonna be interesting.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, but yeah, so I mean, four tickets punched. We've got four teams left. Three games over two days for one champion. So, the 2019 college cross season coming up towards an end here, but we still have an incredible weekend lined up here in Philly uh, for championship weekend. Um, before we close things out real quick, gotta gotta show some love for for D two and D three. So uh, Amherst get getting the win over Williams College on, on Sunday, so they'll be playing in the D three national championship against. The Cabrini Cavaliers. So, shout out to Cabrini, uh, local school here in the Philly area. They'll be getting to play on the link on Sunday uh, for the D3 national championship after they stunned the Salisbury Seagulls 16 13. I, I'm a firm believer that anytime Salisbury loses, we all win. Um, so, Cabrini and Amherst. I mean, <laughs> That that game is going to be loaded with uh with with a bunch of Philly players on on both sides, and then uh, in D two we've got Limestone taking on the defending champs Merrimack. So, uh, but yeah, oh my God, I'm I'm so pumped that I don't have to deal with with Salisbury guys at th- this weekend. They all fucking show up to these games, all like their their entire hands are filled up with rings, just showing it off. So, sorry Salisbury, but not this year.
1: You know, I, I speaking that we got to go even, even further. Um, did you see the uh, the between the legs goal in the Onondaga national in the Onondaga? Not the national championship. Was it the national championship? Game? Yeah. So it
0: was the the uh, the, it, the, Duke, they, the JUCO. Um, they
1: they win every year, so it's not like it's you know every game is the national championship for them. You know, but Kyle Worsley, uh, got to give a shout out to him. First of all, excellent head of hair. Second of all, just fucking ridiculous goal. Dude, between and, the legs
0: and um, here. So, I mean, if, if you haven't seen it yet, which like, I feel like it, if you probably everyone listening to this pro right now probably has seen the goal. Um, but so he, I mean, he leans in and his defender drops and I, I'm almost positive. He knew that he had the shot right then and there, but he, th- he it was just too easy. He didn't want to take that shot. Defender on the ground. He's like, ah, I could probably do a little bit more here. So then he goes shoulder down, gets to the middle of the field, turns his back a little bit between the legs, back of the net. He, he went stick-side high on it too. So absolutely preposterous goal from Kyle Worsley of the Onondaga Lasers. Yeah, o- I got a gig. She
1: Got to give some, uh, you, you got to give some some JUCO shout outs every now and then because you know, Onondaga, oh, they're serious. I had a buddy who played there, and they he said that they're everybody is just insane. Yeah,
0: they're they they need to do a, uh, like a like a last chance you type of thing with with
1: Onondaga with
0: <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, so. Uh we will we'll have another episode geared up uh later in the week on Friday for the final four preview. In the meantime, I need everyone out there to do us a little bit of a favor, all right? I need everyone to to log on to their you got to get on the line, get on your twitters and we need everyone to uh just put Chris Hogan on blast. And fill up his mentions to get that man on the crease die for this week. So um, you know it's it, it's a team effort here, but but we need Chris on the pod uh, to talk about Penn State. So that that's everyone's homework for for the rest of the week here. Do you have another assignment for them, or is, is uh, no
1: uh, no I don't? Um, honestly, it seems like you know Penn State. You know Penn State's doing a lot of really good things. You know they're, for the you know they're they're you know making these playoff wins you know, uh, for the first time in program history. And it honestly seems like Chris Hogan doesn't care much about Penn state. So, uh, you know, if if he cares about, if he cared about Penn state, I think he'd come on the, on the, on the podcast and, uh, and talk to us about it. But from what I can see, he's, you know, big shot playing in the NFL. Doesn't really want to, you know, he's not, you have to remember your roots sometimes. Right. And, uh,
0: where's your heart at pal? Come on. How dare you? Ridiculous. How dare you, sir, sir. Um, all right well in that case we will uh hopefully be speaking with chris hogan later this week and you can all hear it on friday for our final four preview um and for the rest of the week while we are blasting uh chris hogan's mentions on twitter we are also keeping it low to high to the day we die